Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 38 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess, and I bet we sound amazing. Hopefully. Um, I'm guessing that we sound much better to you today than we probably ever have because um, I want to give a shout out. Thank you to a couple people made some great recommendations, Mm -hmm. but my um, Doan pal, Kenny, who also has a podcast, told me about this microphone. It's a Yeti. A blue Yeti. A blue Yeti. But the Yeti part was what stood out to me, but I wrote it down and came back and said, Tess, Kenny said this is what we need. Okay, we did it. And we did it, and now we're hoping that our sound is better. Um, And I think it's a great segue to talk about the new microphone um, into new containers and new space. Yeah. So we are officially moved. The Omaha office, the central office Omaha location <laughs> is now moved into new space a la vista location <laughs> yes and i think it would be a good conversation for us to have around transition and moving and i think mm-hmm. a couple things come up for me mm-hmm. that i'm trying really hard this year to focus on we have a lot of mentors who are indicating the transition from elementary to middle school mm-hmm. and middle school to high school can be brutal yeah. And I think with any transition and any move, we can expect it to go in a bumpy sort of way. Yeah. I wonder if you mm. can hear my smiling um, from behind the microphone. <laughs> sure. Because I don't think that this move was all sunshine and rainbows. Am I right? I don't think any move is sunshine and rainbows, right? I'm right. like, gosh, I thought moving to my apartment was hard enough, but like moving essentially our headquarters <laughs> of our offices was quite a quite a fun adventure <laughs> not always fun fun adventure <laughs> and I think it's really easy to strength spot mm-hmm. during times of transition in particular yeah. especially in new space and the way that we all move into that new space right for sure um, yesterday I, I want to strength spot Annette and mm-hmm. her responsibility um, and her belief and did she have high relator I believe so. I was just thinking about how Mm -hmm. she made... In her top ten, I'm pretty sure, yep. She made that moment, that transition day, mm -hmm. so much more meaningful. She brought a casserole. (laughs) She brought a casserole and homemade cinnamon rolls. And a whole fruit plate, and it was all in this basket. She looked like Little Red Riding Hood is what I told her. She (laughs) reminded me of just the way that you would hope a neighbor would be when you moved to the neighborhood, and yet... It isn't even necessarily us moving to the neighborhood, but her being considerate of the of fact that the we're team. all under transition. It was yeah. a very yep. great reminder. It was a strong reminder to me about family yeah. and how our team often mm. feels like family. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciated that from Annette. I thought that was just great. I'm going to send yeah. her a little note um, to thank her for that. Mm. Also, I don't know that I've had that great of a cinnamon roll since Grandma Margaret made them, you know, in Exeter growing up. And I'm sure you know Annette, so it's handmade. Oh, they're yeah. Home, they're total handmade. Oh, my gosh. And, and um, <laughs> just the way that she brought joy mm-hmm. into the office. Yep. Yesterday, I noticed, as we're all kind of getting settled, there was kind of a, okay, where, where am I? Where do I go? I need to, yeah, right? Like, it's a reorientation of space. For sure. Mm-hmm. And moving from one container to an X, and this is a little bit of my wild um, learning. Um, mm-hmm. We refer to those as containers, but recognizing where that may feel uneasy, mm-hmm. but also that it's a new beginning. Yeah. So I loved yesterday that there was lots of joy and laughter. Yeah. 
you can hear that. You can yeah. pretty much hear, hear everything because we're all in one big space now. <laughs> so I love that we're in this container space today yeah. um, in our larger conference room. Yeah. And I think that our smaller conference room will also give us an opportunity to do some of this. Yeah. But it would be impossible to have this kind of dialogue in our main area. Yeah. And I'm also noticing my strengths in action. I, I mean, I don't think twice about just hollering across the cubicles. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tess. Yep. <laughs> because I'm used to seeing you, like, directly right. within my eyeline. And I, I still can. Still can. Still can. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I... I had no problem saying, hey, Hannah. Yep. And I was thinking about, am I honoring, I thought about this mm-hmm. last night, am I honoring other people's space and yeah. boundaries in their containers? Because yeah. everybody has a different work style. Yeah. Now, in the mornings when I come in, I tend to hunker down early and I got to get yeah. a look at what's going on. Yep. And then I can relax a little bit. So that may come across to people as, wow, she comes in, she's super crabby when she gets here, she hasn't had her coffee yet. She goes back to her corner. <laughs> And I am trying to create some hygge, um cozy to it's my corner. It's beautiful back in I'm the trying. corner, but I it's hard when there are cubes and the walls are beige and the cubes are beige and the fabric's beige and there's fluorescent I got some lighting, ideas. You know, Pinterest okay. is great. Good. Like oh, you can find looked. my you can find my cubby, oh. um, my cubby design ideas. I'll have to look because I literally just put a plant up. <laughs> That's my idea of and reorganizing. And then my favorite part, my very favorite part yesterday when we, I think we all laughed the loudest, those of us who are familiar with the office, we had an office moment where we looked oh. around and I was like, this we're actually like in the sitcom. The we are, we yeah. are on the office and blamed Dwight right I away. I did, I did. So I would like to straight spot that. <laughs> I would like to strengths, but of all the people that yep. you characters that you would well, I mean, I don't it wasn't know like I you would, chose Meredith or something. Know, but no, I, I mean, of all the characters you would choose, Dwight was the one that I would least expect from you, and yet at the same time, again, it I'm, makes a lot of sense. No. So when I do grad, I do my gratitude journal both in the morning and in the evening now, and in the evening I'm using Angelise Aaron's three questions. What surprised me today? Mm-hmm. Um, what touched my heart today? What inspired me today? Yeah. And so when I came, when I got home last night and I was thinking about this, <laughs> I was like, why am I? I am surprised that, Ch- that Tess chose Dwight, and yet I'm not. <laughs> so I, we for sure have to get you a bobblehead. Okay, Sarah has a bobblehead in her office. That's like a whole side conversation, but you have to go see it. It's of her. So I've seen I thought it. That was I've great. seen it. Okay, um, okay. So I think. Those of those who are listening, um, I would love for one of our questions to be, and I know we talk about this a lot, like when mm-hmm. you're know, thinking about transition. Yeah. But for those who are listening, whether you're a mentor or not, mm-hmm. when you've endured a move, when you've had a transition in your life, when you've moved into a new container, what does that feel like? Yeah. And can you identify where you were maybe in the basement, but also maybe in the balcony? For me to be able to see everyone, that kind of fed my empathy yesterday. I could see, you know, when Stephanie came in and just the whole mood changed, by the way. You know, we have mood changes when people arrive. Mm-hmm. And I really, I love that. Um, I mentioned to you, I just finished the Tom Petty book. Yes. It's called Petty, a biography by Warren Zanes. It took me a long time to read it, but I was starting to recognize that the reason why was because I didn't I didn't want it to end. 
it's a, it's beautiful storytelling. Mm. But so Tom Petty and originally his first band was Mud Crutch. Okay. Okay. And then he formed the Heartbreakers. And then a guy believed in them and sent them from Florida out to California. And I mean, this this producer said, "You're so good that I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you guys. I'm gonna put you up in a house because you you can't get a record deal yet, but I believe in you." Yeah. And then, I mean, it's just an incredible story. It's an incredible story. But the thing that kind of I kept coming back to as I was reading the book is that Tom recognized moments in which he needed new containers. So he would not leave the band, but he'd go do a little bit of solo work with Jeff Lynn from ELO, or he'd go and do kind of a side gig huh. on his own. And then, and you will love this with your context, one of the things that he would often say is, oh, maybe I need to go back to my old band because there might be some music still there. Hmm. And just a gifted songwriter, but the way he needed a change of pace, yeah. a change in container. And knew it. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's and good. knew it. But then he would come back to his mm-hmm. old container better. Yeah. So I thought about that too mm. in the ways that sometimes I think when we have these transition moments and when we finally get settled a little bit, we come with a fresh perspective. Yeah. And I'm seeing this move as an opportunity for rebirth, new beginnings, um, letting some old things go. Yeah. I did a whole lot of purging. Yeah. And um, some of those things that you look back on, they're not always. There's some mm-hmm. tough memories sometimes, like, yeah. oh, that was a difficult situation. I don't like remi- being reminded yeah. of that. Just shredding that yep. and letting go. it go. Um, and then Maria, my friend Maria, yep. Maria Shriver, her um, quote this week, which I really appreciate and I know you will too, Tess, mm. um, is about reconciliation. Hmm. There are people all around us who need healing. There are also situations in our lives in need of reconciliation. So during this Lenten season, use this as a moment to consider where you can bring more healing to your life. Mm. Ask yourself, where can I be an ambassador of reconciliation? Mm. That's good. I think that, yes, that's been, and one thing I wanted to note about moves and something that has come out here is, um, and I love the idea of reconciliation in the midst of it is move is not moves are not only like a lot of details, a little bit of trial by fire, um, but also it brings out kind of the stress in everybody. And I felt that personally. Um, I know I worked a whole lot with Trisha and I know she felt that because there it was a lot of like, you know, this is happening. And then this responsibility falls on to us to make it happen, right? And so, and I think that that just made, it, it made us kind of a really raw, I think. And there were there was one time where I felt like I, I'd communicated some, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know, I oversee like IT um, and kind of system stuff here at the office in addition to research and strengths. And so um, a lot of like the IT, the wiring, making sure we're all set up to function well, um, kind of fell on me to handle and, um, and you know, up for the challenge, um, you know, always love a good learning. But also it um, in the midst of that, it was a little difficult because I felt like I had communicated well to everybody um, in terms of what was going to happen when internet was going to be out at the old office 
what the plan was. I'd put a plan in place to help, and then I had people ask me. When they saw me, they asked me. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, I do not have time to engage in a conversation with you right now. I have an electrician on this line. I have my IT consultant on this line. Like, And so I did. I ended up like saying things in, in kind of a harsher way. And so I went back and I asked for forgiveness. And I said, I am so sorry. That is not who I want to be, right? But that's the rawness of my strengths coming out, the rawness of, of the stress. When we're under stress, our strengths sure. you know, slip into the basement. And, and I think we're just not as aware of like – the how that you know our tendency is to who just expel instead of really thinking through what impact does that have when I do that and so I like almost immediately at when asked for forgiveness and said I am so sorry I did not mean to say that you know or I I said it in that way but that's definitely not my heart and my intention and I apologize that my stress came out that way right but if we don't take a moment to think if I wouldn't have like you know, realize and had that stall to say, okay, this is not how this should be happening. I don't know that I would have taken the steps towards reconciliation with with those coworkers that I didn't say stuff in the nicest tone, right? Um, and so I think that's like important, and also like my strengths and my unique personality too that has a tendency to just kind of get fired up about stuff sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I think that's really important to keep in mind that and, and being in the trenches so much, I didn't realize there weren't people that being outside of the trenches you want over communication about what's going on and I think that's really interesting to think about the difference in strengths difference in personality in the midst of who is also deep in the details and who isn't and the very different experiences that the people have during transition as a result of that yes because what I took was the best place for me to be would be not present Hmm. and not helping um like I would be in the way yeah and not that that felt exclusive, but also mm-hmm. I felt a little bit helpless and my empathy was just yeah. off the charts. Yeah. And I, I sent an email um, mm-hmm. to Trisha and I tried to every once in a while, you know, send you a text. Like, yeah, you sent me a text. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to go back to something you said that I think is really key for people, for all of us to understand about communication. For those of us who read emails thoroughly, yep. we assume that everyone does. Hmm. And I think that that is something that we as a as an organization me as a human being as a parent as a sister as mm-hmm. all of the different roles i have in my life i assume that people read things the mm-hmm. way that i do yeah so if you send me an email i read it sometimes i even print it mm-hmm. so I can read, read it, it really again well. and know yeah. that i have it and know that it's been the information's taken it i i read your email 3 times because mm-hmm. i was like i want to be sure that i'm not missing a call for assistance Mm -hmm. and that I'm understanding this is when this is going to happen because I want to honor the work Mm -hmm. you've put in by understanding the time that you took to put in an email I also know you yeah you would not send an all-staff email yep without putting thought into it (laughs) yep (laughs) so I think sometimes in the way that we communicate um, and we've talked about this quite Mm -hmm. a few times there's assumptions made. Yeah, um, for sure. What I'm noticing is some there are some people that I'll send a text to and, and get a, a quicker response. Then yeah. if I send an email, I feel like I'm overloading their email. Sure. I think one of the things we're trying to do is think about the way that we communicate with our chapters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of that, the way that we communicate mm-hmm. with our strengths groups, yeah. how we simplify communication and we don't overdo it, yet we have some people who just want to engage yeah. in dialogue via email I know and, and even physical dialogue and I think that was the thing looking back like I don't 
these coworkers, I don't think that they didn't read my email, right? And that was my first thing was like, gosh, just read your, right? That was my internal. And Uh then I was like, they're not the people that are just going to gloss over conversation, right? But it was a, they are very relationally based in their strengths. Like all of them have very high relationship building, dominant, if not dominant in relationship building, three out of four, four out of, you know, three out of five, four out of five in relationship building. And so I think it was a, an assurance face-to-face that they would be able to connect and get work done. And, you know, it wasn't like it was like the information was in the email, yes. But I think it was also a, I want to make sure that we are on the same page when I have the chance to talk face-to-face with you. And it could have been also a, I want you to know yeah, that I'm, I, I'm reaching out to say I value what you're doing. Yeah, yep. Um, mm-hmm. I think everyone has a different approach mm-hmm. to showing care. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, I am so impressed mm. with the fact that you asked for forgiveness. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and strength spot ourselves and our failure, our mistake in uh, Sergey, and not oh. getting the strengths, his strengths oh to gosh. him. And yeah. when I formulated the email to him, I wanted to come up with excuses as to why. And then I thought, I'm trying to really be so much better about owning. Yep. And so I just wanted to own it. We both forgot. Yep. And... We, we both like tried to remind each other to yes, not, and I, yep. I could say move, I could say all these different things, mm-hmm. I could say, you know, usually we present it, you know, print it out, I don't know, yeah. but I felt horrible, yeah. and still feel horrible about yeah. it, because that's important, Yeah. and so um, I thought it yeah. was better for us to just claim it and own it, and send yep. him the information, and then we'll find a time yeah. to be able to, to honor um, the, the ceremony good, of it. Right? right. And that's and that's what I did too with you know, with this situation of like I, I asked forgiveness because I there isn't an excuse. I mean, yes, the move, yes, I'm more stressed, but I should not have a reasonable, rational person should not have reacted that way, right? That's my mantra now that we've learned from Sarah. Like, why would a reasonable, rational person do this, right? Mm-hmm. Or act this way or mm-hmm. make this decision. And so I've just been thinking in my head and I was like, I probably wasn't reasonable and rational rational in that moment um, because of whatever, right? <laughs> because right. of all the stuff that's going on. And Are so, we really reasonable you know, and rational in the middle of a move? Yeah, in the middle. I don't know. So. Some, some probably um, do it better, but if you've got a lot of tasks... Yep. on your plate I would guess yeah. not okay so we haven't like seen each other in a while so yes. this is the other thing I was assuming we probably talk about transition or the move or um, something like this when we recorded this episode and um, so it's it's Friday that we're recording this and we um, so until you know yesterday was when everyone moved into the office Thursday but essentially we've been out of the office since Monday even last week so I moved out of the old office last week Wednesday so about 10 days ago and um and so I want to talk a little bit about some strengths that transition better than others and I have a little bit of an oxymoron in my top five. <laughs> and um, and so I wanted almost a quasi-coaching session here with you for us to look through these strengths. Um, and uh, so my number one is context. Um, number two is adaptability, right? So a blind spot of context is you cannot accept change. The power and edge of adaptability is coolness under change so it's my one and two so I've been having all these like conflicted feelings right in the midst of this move of we had a staff day on Thursday and we shared memories and so I ended up like blubbering crying sharing my memory because I'm like transition is so hard I can't you know the old office blah 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 starting to cry now but in the midst of it there's also excitement about what could happen right 
And so when I, you know, have to, I'm working with the electricians, getting data wiring up, um, stuff run throughout the whole office. So I started coming here on Monday. I was the only person on Monday. It was just Trisha and I on Tuesday. Um, a couple more people, Sarah was in and out, Jen was in and out on Wednesday, but otherwise it was just kind of me and Trisha. Um, and then Thursday, everybody came. And so, and as difficult as it was, I think I was placed in the best situation in terms of the move because my context had time to orient myself to the new place. Mm -hmm. So when I coach people with context, I say people with context often arrive early places. And people are like, that doesn't make sense. Why does that have anything to do with context? But people with context, if they're unfamiliar with the meeting, the location, the, the space, subway sandwich. The subway sandwich, yep. So if <laughs> I'm going to a place I've never been before, I will probably double the time I need in my schedule to get there, right? Because I want to get there. I want to make sure I park in the right place. I want to check out the building. I want to mentally orient myself into the new space, right? If I'm going to a meeting where there are new people I haven't met or new, um, a new topic that's being discussed, even if it's in a place I've been, I still arrive early in order to orient myself to the space to the meeting to whatever it is and um and so I think that those extra days were so helpful for my context um and in the midst of that I was so excited to come to the office every day because even though it was change and it was hard the time of orientation and then the time and then coupled with my adaptability gave me excitement to come so even though I've been working 12 14 hour days here really early, here really late with electricians and technology people and our IT consultant. Um, it's been exciting, and I've been excited to get in. Um, I've been excited to test out the traffic and how that looks different at different times in the morning. You know, if I leave five minutes earlier, does that affect the interstate traffic because I'm <laughs> driving all interstate out here now because um, it's further for me? Does that – or if I go a little later, how does that impact mm -hmm. the traffic if I – get on the interstate at this location versus this location. Yep. So all of these things, you know, suffice it to say, I think that context needs that time of orientation, but the adaptability was the excitement about the process. And then amidst it, my learner was okay. thrown into full thrust, right? So okay. I, I'm just circling and writing down and circling yep. over and over. This is your learner. I believe mm -hmm. that your learner has gone into top. Overdrive. Number oh, yeah. one. Yep. But it gives you an opportunity to honor it. Mm -hmm. So you might have today, in this transition, the last 10 days, mm -hmm. learner, 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 learner. Mm. And then maybe six is adaptability, and then maybe seven is context. Is context. Mm. Because, okay. and I have no doubt that those who are listening to this podcast are absolutely doing the hashtag sign learner. <laughs> I believe that's learner. <laughs> oh, learner. Because you love mm -hmm. learning new things. I also want a strength spot the relationships that you have built based on that learning and that adaptability. Mm -hmm. So there's a bond now between you and Trisha yep. that's really cool to witness. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and there is also this bond between you and Bob. Heck yeah. And I mean, you Bob are, are so, I don't know if you saw me um, yesterday. The copy guy is new. Yeah. Never oh, seen yeah, him, I've before. Never met him before. Right. Mm -hmm. So I saw you listening to the copy guy and wanting to help him. But at the same time, like, I just need Bob here. Yep. Let's get Bob on the line. Should we get Bob yep. on the line? And I saw you go over and show him that something wasn't plugged in. 
And I was back there. Oh, no. Just bawling. I was like, because he's like, it's not for dinner. Our IP isn't pinging. You know, when we try to ping, our IP doesn't work in, and he literally doesn't have the cable plugged in. And I'm like, oh, my God. It, made, it was, you know what? My empathy was like, you poor man, I know how you feel. Because she is back here going, he doesn't even have it plugged in. Because that, do you remember the day you came over and I said, I don't know what the deal is. I can't get anything to work in my the cord isn't plugged like, in. I don't on know your much headphones. about IT, right? I don't have a ton of IT training, but I know you have to have the cord plugged into the socket. So, okay, think about the relationship. Okay, so where are your relationship strengths in your top in your top ten that you feel like have built? relator? So I definitely yeah, relator is eleven. I claim that as dominant. So that definitely pops up, and I can definitely tell. So the copy guy was new, so my guard was way way up. When Bob strolled in, it was like, hey, old friend, you know, even though I've yes. only interacted with him two or three times. And the ease that you've, mm-hmm. you could, there's a different, um, there was a different yeah. body language to mm-hmm. you when Bob was around. Right, openness, teachability. Well, then that like, also, Like, hey, okay. dude, you got this. Like, it also gets a little bit into the fact that the copy guy wanted to talk to our network guy. And I said, well, I'm the network gal, network girl. Um, I'm a female, and I oversee our IT. Um, But that's happened with every single person we've interacted with. I was here with all men on Monday and all men besides Trisha on Tuesday. Everyone that we've interacted with with this move has been a male, from our building people to our IT people to our electricians to our movers, every single person. And so to the people I've worked with, downstairs with our downstairs neighbors and so the fact that I am the one that is here at the new space trying to contract with the electricians trying to consult with their IT person so Trisha said and I loved this and she said man I wanted to just like clap because there was one time the electricians were giving me a hard time because every time I came out I asked to make sure that they were running the courts to the right place and they kept forgetting places and so I kept reminding them so they kept saying that I was making up new work and they were just kind of teasing me but there was one point where I was a little bit on edge and I said oh you don't want to mess with me I gave the floor plan to your boss a week and a half ago about where everything needs to be run and so this is where it needs to be run and I would appreciate it if you would do that, do so. <laughs> and so the guy was like, oh, wow, we're just teasing. But I felt like it came from a very authentic place. Uh, they kept joking that every time I came out of the conference room, there was new work for them to be done, um, for them to do. And they had to call in an extra guy to get the work done that day because it needed to be done that day because our IT person was waiting on them. And so I just at one point was like, you don't you don't want to mess with me. Here's the floor plan. I can print it out for you. We gave this to your boss when we met with him a week and a half ago about the work. And so, um, and Trisha was like, oh my gosh, I was clapping on the inside because I was like, boss test ladies out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and isn't it interesting that we are a predominantly female staff? Yes. I don't think that's interesting. I think naturally given, right, social sector, Yes. However, I find that unfortunate. Yeah. I find that unfortunate. Yep. I have pros and cons to it, right? Yeah, but I find it unfortunate that there's any industry that would have a dominance of either. And so your experience. So the intersection of our industry with everyone that needs to happen for a move, right? Right was very jarring, I think. So every time, so Steph said she corrected some the Canon person that was at the old office to move our copier over because they said the network guy. And she was like, oh, we have a network girl. Yeah, I'll check with her. <laughs> so who was the IT person on the office? Is it Dwight, essentially? Mm, I mean, he, he did all the, the drills. 
Well, I was thinking Pam does a lot of she is kind of the office manager too. But she, she was always downplayed. Copier. She was always downplayed. And genius. Yeah, I know. But I didn't get to claim her. Trisha got to claim her. So I thought Dwight was the next best option. I think that should be a question to our viewers. What what, <laughs> what office, office character, character do you claim? <laughs> U.S. office. Yep. Um, oh my gosh. That so, is really insightful that you're thinking about your one and two. And also very insightful that you're aware that your learner is there. But I think the blend mm-hmm. of oh, context yeah. adaptability could look a lot like learner. Oh, very much so. Yep. And so you've got not only, I think, learner, 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 learner this week, but the blend mm-hmm. of context adaptability can look like, especially learner. in the, the situation of, of a move, can look like learner. So. so were you able to see where clearly other people, that they brought their strengths to the process? I mean, oh my I, gosh, it, yeah. all week long prior to and even going into the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I see Sarah's maximizer. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I see, I, I get to strength spot Julie, mm-hmm. um, who I haven't often been able to see, you know, in the office. Actually, I don't feel like I've been able to see anyone yeah. from where our vantage point was. Oh, yeah. Besides you so. and, and Taylor. Mm-hmm. And now I see everyone. Yeah. My little corner spot, how they work I like and... have the view of everybody. Also, I want to point out that I would go back to the little kitchen where I could hide my eating shame and stuff a donut <laughs> without any thought. And now it's all open. It's all I'm open. like, great. So if I go back for another cinnamon roll, everyone will witness Real, this. No, that's all right. Wow, she eats a lot. She eats a lot. Oh, my gosh. I get that um, I get that at home, so I don't want that at work, about how I eat twice oh the gosh. amount that everyone else does. Um, I think that's good, good self-awareness mm-hmm. to us. So I think so. The thing I've been I've been musing over is you know this is it's been frustrating, it's been challenging. Um, but it came to me yesterday where the the Canon guy was here trying to set up our copier and it wasn't working. And um, the Canon person, the Canon person, yeah, yeah, he was a guy. You know, I could have asked, I should have asked him his pronouns, but um, <laughs> you know, he looked like he was approaching eighty. So I think I had a pretty good rating on that. But um, but he um, so he. <laughs> Man, we're just raw. I'm like on very little sleep right now. I can now tell too, that. So. Um, so anyway, so we're here. Sorry. Um, and so it's not working. And um, and and Sarah came out and was like, "Hey, is it working? Like, what's going on? Like, do we need to call somebody else in?" And I said, "You know what, Sarah? It's just the, the last challenge we have to face. Like, it's just." And and that was like my whole approach to it. It was like. The electricians, when they came in and said, well, we don't do any ends. We're not going to hook up your data cable, and we just run the cable. And I said, what? <laughs> so I'm going to have cable run throughout this whole office, but nobody's going to be able to use it. So when I had to find somebody else, right, it's like the next challenge. Okay, so I know the difference between a Cat6 and a Cat5 wire now and which one's better for us, right? I know that you can create a phone line off a Cat6 wire because most electricians don't pull phone lines anymore. They just use the wiring that they have, and they adapt a phone line from that wiring, right? I know how to hook a switch to a panel. I know that sometimes when offices are odd, um, and they've all been together, and then you try and split them up, when you test your breakers, you shut down the entire company that's below you on accident. So all these things where I'm like, oh my gosh, like at my wit's end, little sleep. Um, It's given me energy. I'm running on 
less sleep than I ever have in a long time, right? I'm usually pretty good. I try to protect my sleep for my health, but I, I'm running on very little sleep, up very, very early, here very, very late. But I am very energized. Because you're Cause in I'm, flow. Because I'm learning, yes. right? Because I'm learning, and I love that this I can reflect truly... back, right, on the last week and, and tell you all that I've learned and share with you and teach you and – being able to share that with other people like and now having that acquired knowledge that if we ever were to move or anyone would ever have questions about moving right I could tell them okay you need an electrician but you also need a data technician that's certified to do wiring you also need um you know an IT person and I know what a power of ethernet is versus a a regular ethernet switch and you know all these different things where it's it's the learning process something that I would never necessarily have the passion to self-initiate learning like, I would have never gone out and wanted to learn about electrical work, right? That's not, my learner wouldn't naturally drive that. But based on the situation in which I was placed, my learner was able to drive that, and it did give me energy, even though it wouldn't be something I pick up a textbook about or take a course on because of my external situation, because of what others asked me to and placed responsibility on me for, my learner was able to be driven and I think that's a difference between learner and something like a blend of context adaptability yes. or something like a like an input right right where it looks a little different and oftentimes people ask the difference between input and learner or if I like to learn you know what does that mean why don't I have learner right like I got energy from learning about a topic that I would never have voluntarily learned about <laughs> so what you're doing is essentially what we ask everyone to do in strengths training is mm-hmm. to recognize where do you get where do hours fly by and do you yep. get energy and sometimes I think we make that look very it has to look a certain way mm-hmm. no yep. it doesn't it yep. just when it happens notice yep and notice what strength that might be mm-hmm. honoring and notice where that may feel like flow yep. the other thing you're just stepping up into yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're just becoming so much more self-aware. With all of these learning experiences, we become mm-hmm. more self-aware. Yeah. When I got here yesterday and started unloading my books and thought, okay, they gave me this big cabinet because they know me and all my stuff. <laughs> and they, my first thought was, no one wants my books to be out. So this is a story I'm telling myself, mm. okay? They gave me a big, a big thing so that my stuff isn't out. And then I was like, okay, input communication, this is me. I need my books to be visible, and I need them near me, and I like to see them aesthetically. I also like to see them because when I'm thinking about a mentor reaches out about something or previous learning, if I can see the book, it it comes quicker. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm putting my books up. Yep. And they fell off of the bookshelf like four times. I couldn't navigate moving that thing and trying to plug in the – the lamp, and then I think I probably crushed something as I moved it back. And but I was thinking, no, you know what? This is me. Yeah. And this is my little hub, cubby. These are, I want this to look like this. And I had mm-hmm. a lot of people say, "Wow, I love that. I love your books it is up there." So cute. And mm-hmm. that's me. Yeah. And I we're trying to do some change in our house to our living space. Yeah. I will not part with my books. I I like seeing them. In, during morning ritual, I like looking across at them and mm-hmm. seeing them and thinking about, I, should, I could read that again. Yeah, I'm ready to read that again. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I learned so much from that. And then there is, this is my, this is my achiever. I feel really good when I finish a book and I can shelve it knowing I read it and yeah. finished it. Yep. 
it's almost like the check off to me <laughs> and I immediately go to Goodreads and rate it really immediately okay. I mean I, mm. I stayed up later than my usual to be able to go to Goodreads and and, and rate it, it that I'm done with it yeah but it doesn't mean that I won't revisit it mm. so I think all of this I mean we kind of jumped around but actually had a theme yeah. surprisingly um is a lot to do with the way that we anticipate transition, mm-hmm. anticipate change, actually be and live in change, mm-hmm. and then recognize where our strengths are yeah, and what, and what mm-hmm. strengths may just be, you might have them on super flashlight level. Mm-hmm. And I think your learner got to be a, yeah. a, a flashlight. It definitely, it's one of those strengths and that I, when we do the exercise of like your pillar strength as the noun and Mm -hmm. other strengths as the adjective, describing yourself, I always pick learner as the pillar. I mean, it's four for me, but I think it's such a good, a good way for us to think about how our top five are very, very close to one another and they shift around and they move. And so in any given context, and, and, and I loved this last week because in the past few months, it's been a lot of routine, a lot of just getting reports done, making sure people have access to the things they need to, that getting to put learner in hyperdrive increased my engagement. Sure. Because I am so, I was super excited to come here today, even though I'm way over the hours someone should normally be working in a week, you know? Like, I was super excited to be here because of the newness, because of the freshness, because of questions about the changes that might have happened that I know I can answer because I've been in the trenches. And so I think that that's, it's, it's good to note and to think about in those times of transitions for each of us, what are those kind of pillar strengths, right? That, that can be the stability, the foundation of your transitional time. Right. So I'm going to put a big plug in for your sense of humor as well. And I think that that has really um, been helpful to everyone during the transition for everyone to have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Before, I think it was last week or maybe the week prior, you said to me, maybe for an April Fool's joke, I'll send an email that says, just kidding, we're not moving. We just wanted you to get rid of half your crap. And I have thought about that so many times in the last couple of weeks. Like, wouldn't it just be hilarious if we showed up here and, oh, just kidding, we're not moving. We're not moving. Um, the other thing that I noticed in your sense of humor is you've laughed a lot. I hear you laughing a lot. Hmm. Trisha is laughing more mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but we have to we have to bring a sense of okay. We, yeah. This is very serious, but this is real life. And if we can't find some moments to laugh, yep, it'll break us. Yeah. Um, sure. Sometimes my finding moments to laugh are really, really, I mean, ridiculous. Um, Lauren was over the other night and she was talking about my the things that make me laugh. And, but I hold on to them because I need them. So there's, you probably have all seen this, um, it's, it's a GIF video Mm -hmm. where the little kid is like, you know, hey, when I see garlic bread and he does this dance and he's like this and, (laughs) and I said to Lauren, I said, you know, you're going to see me do that at some point, but that's one that I go to and I can watch it over and over. Lauren has a video of me watching the Muppets. That's actual a recording of, I'm videoing the Muppet that is so funny to me, but you can hear me laughing. And when huh. she's having a bad day, she watches that. That's so funny. And so I think we've got to find some laughter in things. And if for you can't, sure. then, you know, the cat magnets, yep. you know, aren't for you. But you got to find those 
places to laugh and spaces yeah. to laugh. I also love that we're already trying to figure out where can we go for a good lunch, where can we go for happy yeah. hour. I'm having the hardest time with the move because of proximity to, in my mind, I'm leaving, I'm leaving my Omaha again. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of digging my heels in because I moved from Midtown, which I loved the the yeah. busyness and the mm-hmm. culture of um it was before it was Blackstone was my that's why I like to call it. The neighborhood I used to live in was before it was Blackstone. It was Blackstone before it was Blackstone. Right. <laughs> and my run path and yeah. all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to the Burbs. And mm-hmm. I am literally we have new neighbors that are very loud. Um, they are right next to us. Um, they like to play Kid Rock at night, and they have a. They've now set up a volleyball court in their uh, backyard. Wonderful. Yep. So I told Mike he should start a league. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm. I didn't mind being close to my neighbors in Midtown, yeah. but I don't know what bothers me about it in the Burbs. But I'm out here in the Burbs, and I long for the culture of Midtown. And now I'm like. I'm leaving Omaha. Mm-hmm. Like, what reason do I have to go to Omaha anymore? And Mike's like, are you kidding me? And I said, you know, Brucey, I have no reason to go to Brucey anymore. And he said, okay, because cause I love that place. Mm-hmm. And I found that place because it was close to the office. Yep. And, I mean, just the little, the little nooks around 120th and Dodge. Yeah, there are so many, and yeah, we're losing that. So yeah. right now, what I've been thinking about as I'm driving here is what is going to become familiar to me, mm-hmm. and where will my little nooks be? Yesterday, as I drove to runs, I'm literally saying out loud, well, I don't know what Houston's is. Yeah. And I don't know that I'll like beyond golf, but okay. And I mean, I'm talking to myself <laughs> out loud, mm-hmm. expressing that this is a new adventure. So mm-hmm. my input likes that. But my input also likes, I knew my stuff. I researched it. I knew what I liked. But also, can I point out, so much of what you liked and the things that you listed were in social environments, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to know the ambiance of Brucey and yeah. what kind of conversation can be had there as right. a result of yep. sitting at the bar for happy hour yep. or taxis or right. wherever, right. right? So so much of that is tied to your woo is tied um, to your empathy, Mm -hmm. um, is tied to some of those other social and emotional feelers um, that you need to reorient as well, right? It's like recalibrating all of our normalcy, right, into a new hood. I went to, I've never been to Shadow Lake Town Center before, so I had to go to Best Buy (laughs) to get something. Um, So I've been there a couple times now and recruited a mentor there. It's going to be an adjustment (laughs) for me. It really is because... It feels bigger, yeah, boxier. Yep, JC We're Penney's. definitely in an industrial you know, park, right? Yes. Yep. I mean, it just feels less homey and higay, which is important for both of yes. us. So, it'll but be I adjustment. think um, what I'm noticing about myself, back to self awareness, mm-hmm. is that when these things happen, I tend to hunker down and not use woo. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want I don't want to be social right now. No, I'm gonna stay right here. Mm-hmm. until I get my bearings and can figure out where I want to invest social energy. Yeah. Because I don't want to waste social energy anymore. No. And no. Um, so I'm really cognizant about how I spend my weekend time mm-hmm. and where I spend it and how I spend it. Yeah. And then when I need to take a break. 
So I think that's, that's good for good. people to think about too. All right, that's good. All righty, so our question, our challenge is think about a time of, um, of change um, of transition maybe mm-hmm. is a better because I know we've talked about change um, maybe it's a move moving context maybe it's a season of life change um, moving to retirement leaving a job um, uh, starting a family becoming married like those big life season changes um, and think about what your strengths were like before during and after um, and I think I, I think through a lot of our examples, a lot of this podcast was examples of um, of our strengths during these changes, my strengths during these changes, this move. Both, yeah. um, both here. Uh, um, I think you were able to see that, I think, in the midst of the, the during the transition, right, there's they become a little more raw, building off some of our previous dis- previous conversations the last few episodes. They come into either a raw or a basement state, or the raw edges are really shown, right, in the midst of that. Um, and I think before, I was just reflecting and thinking, like, before there was a lot of also distress and weight, and it was kind of a hunker down, get things done. But then when you talked about the joy after, I feel a physical lifting yeah, off, right, you can of see being it. here, of – my last guy came yesterday and was out at 4 p.m. And so everything is good to go from my end. <laughs> Hallelujah, you know. So, so an mm-hmm. add-on that I want us to challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. When do we use guy and gal? Mm-hmm. And directed with what? Yes. Yep. I would really like us to start naming that, recognizing it, seeing it. Yep. I have been tasked to do more of this yeah. um, around the word crazy. Mm. and not using that word as much and maybe trying to use the word, word that's wild, that's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. wh- whatever your word is. But, but I'm thinking about male and female assumptions that we make and the yeah. language that we use. What was it? I can't remember now. There were, I think it was a This American Life episode where they um, interviewed a um, um, warehouse for the people downstairs <laughs> announcement, if you guys picked that up. But... Um, but they, it was a female sound technician, and she was the, one of the first female sound technicians. Well, just think of the discovery of the the black hole picture. You know, a, a female. Oh yeah. Okay, yep. so I would like. Excuse me. Sorry. We'll get to test the mic. I love it. <laughs> Warehouse being called over here. Test multiple sneezes. We'll be able to see what it picks up. What it picks up. So, because I noticed that I say IT guy. Yep. I, I want us to think about, so that's a good challenge for all of us. Where do we use guy and gal and gender-based language around mm-hmm. roles? Assumptions around roles, right? Um, yeah. So the electrician guy. Yeah. And can we, can we reframe it to person? The electrician or just the electrician. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that's one that I wanted to add. And then the last one question that we need to ask our, our listeners is what office character? Oh, yes. Our HMS. Yes. Maybe what office character do you see in us? Do they see you as Dwight? I'd like to know that. I feel like Dwight a lot. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a compliment. But also, <laughs> you, listener, what office character do you feel like who is your spirit animal? Yeah. Yes, yep. And then which one for Allie and I? That's good. Because yeah. we might be filming something here in the office, in office-themed, in an office-themed manner. And so we would definitely like your input in the creative process of allocating the correct characters to the correct teammate staff. So... 
help us out there by sending that as well as describing, um, sending us some feedback on uh, strengths in a recent transition in your life and how they've been impacted. So we'd love to hear any feedback that you have for us. So with that being said, um, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode. It's number 38 of Jen and Millie. Um, so feel free to give us feedback, interact with us, and share the responses uh, to the questions that we posed at the end of this episode and throughout our discussion. Um, and to do so, either feel free to email us directly or follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.